0: So I did this interview from my home office with Skype on my computer. And I'm interviewing Julie McGowan-Boyte, who is in rural eastern Kenya, standing on a hill, talking on a cell phone, because that's the best we could do.
1: I live in a, a pretty remote place. Sometimes the even the phone connections just in general are not the best. So we can just kind of see how this will work.
0: So totally amazing that we can have this communication across the world, and then I can then post it on the internet to share with you. But I should warn you that there are pieces of this interview that are a little bit hard to understand, so you might want to turn it up and listen carefully, because you won't want to miss anything that Julie has to say. This is Parenting Reimagined a place where the conversation goes beyond what we do as parents and we take the time to consider what parenting teaches us, how it transforms us, and what being parents means for the landscape of our inner lives. I am Sherry Walling. I got to know Julia a little bit in high school. We sat next to each other in a math class, geometry or algebra or something. And Julia has gone on to do truly amazing things. She is a nurse practitioner who is living in eastern Kenya. She's been there for nine years now. And she runs a center that provides palliative care and hospice care to folks who are living with HIV and AIDS, cancer, other life-threatening or life-shortening illnesses, she has grown the center and it continues to grow and really do amazing things by providing compassionate care that helps ease pain and bring dignity and comfort to those who are suffering serious illnesses. Julie recently got married and Julie and Titus are expecting their first child, a daughter, any day now. So in our conversation, Julie has some wonderful reflections about parallels between parenting and death, and about what it will be like to raise her daughter in Kenya. It's a fascinating conversation from a really, really marvelous woman, and I hope that you enjoy it. To learn more about Julie and the ministry that she works for, you can check out their website at livingroominternational.org, or you can find them on Facebook, Living Room Ministries International. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Julie, and thanks so much for listening to Parenting Reimagined.
2: Well, would you begin by introducing yourself and just saying a little bit about your family and your vocation?
1: My name is Julie Boyd, and I live in Kenya with my wonderful husband, Titus. We've been married for about a year and are getting ready to have our first baby in July. I'm a nurse practitioner by training and have been living here in Kenya for the last nine years.
2: What's the the short version of the story of how you ended up in Kenya?
1: Well, I was a a nursing student at the Pacific University. After my third year, I came on a short-term trip to Kenya and just really fell in love with this little village where I now live, Um, but at the time, there wasn't access to really any kind of health care for people living in the village, and so um, I became very passionate about HIV work, and um, so I went back to school after I finished at APU and um, did a master's and became a nurse practitioner and worked in HIV care for a few years in Los Angeles, and then um, moved here in 2004 and began to do a lot of HIV work. Over time, just became um, really passionate about um, end-of-life care, hospice, palliative care, and so in 2009, after watching just too many people suffer um, needlessly, really. um, opened a hospice here in this rural community, and so we have a 24-bed inpatient hospice. We call it Kimbleo here, which means a refuge, but the organization itself is called Looking Room. So there's a lot to it, but it's been an incredible journey of God just step-by-step leading and revealing so much of His heart for people and His love for People who are often, I think, considered forgotten or maybe don't have uh, the same, they're not really considered in the same way. And yet, just seeing God's heart so much um, over the years as I've as I've walked alongside these people, it's been a really incredible journey.
2: So you are about to begin a new journey as a mother. And I'm, I'm wondering what you're most excited about, about becoming a mother.
1: Well, it, you know, in so many ways, God has allowed me to be a mother <laughs> over the years, to count those little ones. My heart has been enlarged in so many ways by them. But in this season where I get to become a mom in a new way, I experience my lost mm-hmm. growing and changing and now life Tumbling. I didn't see, um, it's, it's amazing, and it's a gift for sure. Something I didn't know whether I'd get to experience, or not, and so I'm really grateful. And right now I think I'm most excited to simply, you know, to meet our baby in a few months, and to see her and to touch her and to hold her. I'm just so excited for that
2: there anything that you're particularly nervous about or fearful of?
1: I think, you know, from moment to moment it can change what what I'm nervous about, but, you know, there's definitely that unknowns with labor and delivery and the pain of it all. Probably like any first-time mom there's um, the questions of whether I'm going to be good at this or not, and, and also how to balance work in ministry, um, with our growing and changing family. Um, So in the midst of all these unknowns in their head, I I still just, I sense God asking me to trust Him, and that it's not just about figuring everything out or handling things on my own, that that He will be my help and that He will guide this journey, just as He has been faithful in every other step.
2: it's striking to me that you, um, you spend a lot of your time with people who are very ill and who are ending their lives. And you, you know, at, at times I, I wonder or I imagine you sort of feeling surrounded by death. And I'm, I guess I'm wondering what it is feeling like to bring new life into a place when, when you are often sitting with people who are dying. How are, how are you crossing those two parts of life?
1: Well, I've, I've come to know as painful as the process of death can be that, that it's sacred and God is present in it. You know, it involves surrender and the hope that there's something more beautiful than we can possibly imagine beyond, beyond the suffering and the loss and the grief. So um, death, so often, I think it feels really there because there are limitations to what we can see or understand. In many ways, as I think about giving birth, there's a lot of similarities, too, that, you know, there's the waiting and the pain and the hope of what's to come. But the difference, (laughs) and it's quite a difference, is that with childbirth, we get to see the new life and the grief and pain of labor to be replaced with the joy of the child. So it's it's really powerful and sacred, I think, beyond anything that can be expressed expressed in words and but it's that's kind of where I'm at in the reflection of it at this point. Thinking that there are similarities and, and that they're both sacred. It's just hard to see at times.
2: I love your use of the word sacred. That they're they're holy in their own way. How are you? looking forward to or what are you thinking about co-parenting with your husband?
1: Well, I'm really excited. Um, God has given me a husband who's just willing to serve alongside of me and allow me to serve with him in so many ways and, um, and that for sure that we're going to get to learn each other in new ways through this process and, and figure out because we're from different cultural background and have been raised in different ways. So it's going to be an interesting, interesting mix of figuring out for our family what it's going to look like. And I think that God will give us the grace um, to be able to do it. So.
2: Yeah, you'll figure it out.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're living in Kenya and your husband is Kenyan, right? Yes, he is. And, and you're a Calif- well, not originally a Californian, though, originally from the Midwest. Right. Um, are you thinking about this as a bicultural family or a Kenyan family, or do you have a label?
1: I, I don't know that I would have a label for it. <laughs> I, I think, um, you know, for sure, I was, I was raised in a different place with a lot of, you know, uh, different opportunities, different things that were available, but over the last nine years, I've definitely um, been changed by the experience of living in Kenya, and uh, for me, especially before meeting Titus and marrying him, home was not necessarily a location anymore, it was more of just, I was was doing completely what I felt God leading me to do, and and He, in so many ways, has become my home, Um, God, and I I feel like it's an interesting experience now to really be completely grounded in this community and to be accepted and loved and and now to bring a child into the mix of it all too is, I think, going to be, you know, there will be challenges, but I think it's also going to be a really beautiful experience. Are
2: there traditions about welcoming children into your community?
1: Yeah. Um, well, for one thing, and it's it's very powerful here, this community and this tribe, a child isn't seen as just belonging to Titus and I. The child belongs to the community, and it really is the responsibility of the community to raise the child. I've watched it over and over again um, with the kids of the community, just the way everyone comes together to celebrate and so it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool to just watch the community embrace our child and how she gets to be a part of land where you know hunger, there's lack of a lot of resources, but there is this deep sense of hospitality and of generosity within the people. And so I'm excited for our little girl to experience you know all of that too, and that to be part of
2: who she is going to be. Many of the parents that I've talked with for this project have talked about how their view of God um, has changed as they've become parents. I I wonder if you sense any of that happening, even in your pregnancy, as you are experiencing uh, giving life in a new way, is that sort of shaping how you're understanding or viewing God?
1: Yeah, I, well, I would say, too, that even even from previous experiences where I just remember so clearly the first time that I really was involved in caring for this malnourished baby who who was so near death and, and got to be a part of caring for her and watching life be restored to her, and the love that grew inside of my heart for her. I I began to see the depth of God's love in a completely new way. And, and I could only imagine if, you know, the intensity of what I felt for her, just how much more God loved her, and then beyond that, how much God loved me. And uh, so as my own baby and <laughs> get ready for her to come, like, I just... I pray that that same sense of awe and wonder of depth of God's love, like, I feel like that's going to be a part of this journey for for me in um, an experience who God. God is in, in new and fresh ways, and I for that.
2: What are you wishing for your daughter?
1: I think along the same lines, I, I just want her to know that she's loved deeply um, by God, and By Titus and I, as her parents, and by the community, and I feel like if you know if she can understand that even from the time that she's little, that her identity can be rooted, you know, deeply in that, because you know she is going to be from, or you know I'm from one place, Titus is from here, she's going to look different than you know all of the kids that surround her, and even. When we go back to the states, her life experience is going to have been quite different than most of the kids there. But I just pray that her her identity will be just really deeply rooted in the love that God has for her and that we have for her. And um, but then I think too, you know, we live in a community where there's a lot of poverty, and she's gonna see the hunger and the sickness that's around us. And there are orphans and widows at our doorstep on a regular basis and lots and lots of loss and death and as a family I pray that just gonna be growing in compassion and that that's gonna be a part of her journey and process of growing up but rather than hiding her from it and the pain of it like I just pray that God's heart for these people and the love that he has for this world will be shaped in her too and so, I mean, I I know that God will I pray that God will give us the wisdom, you know, to know how to walk through all of that, but I just I think it's going to be an incredible, you know, a powerful experience for for her and for us as a family, you know, to walk through all of that together.
2: Is there anything that you are wishing for yourself as a mother?
1: Lots of grace. <laughs> Because, you know, it's a huge learning um, experience, and I'm gracious myself and with, you know, all the people around me who have opinions about how the best way to, to raise her daughter and then, you know, perspective and wisdom to know when we're told to tightly and when to let go of certain things. And then, as I was thinking about this, like, one of the things that I really hope for is just that I'll be present to the moment because I know they're, they're fleeting and they go by quickly. But I don't want to miss through busyness or exhaustion or different things, but the ways that God is revealing himself through my child or the ways that he's wanting to use me in her life. One of my prayers definitely is that I'll be present to the moment to experience all that God has for us.
2: Anything else that you want to say, particularly about about mothering or this parenting journey that you and Titus are beginning together?
1: I don't know. i I think um, I think, Carrie, that I, I'm grateful that you're doing this whole series and talking to different parents, because um, sometimes we can get wrapped up with that our kids have the best of everything, but. I feel like we need to be asking questions, what does that mean and what does that look like? They'll give us a whiz, things that maybe aren't going to lead to life. And you know, I would pray that in you know, this culture and this environment, it's totally, you know, that we have to continue to ask those questions too and, and figure it out.
2: I feel like we miss a lot of what nourishing children really is about. You know, whether it's by putting pressure on ourselves or our families to be a certain way or believing that we have to have certain things in order to really care well for our kids. I also think that parenting really can change people's hearts and and their openness. You know, there's a lot of sort of rich stuff that happens just in the heart of parents that I am... Enjoying hearing more about since I've been doing this.
1: I think the other thing that at times I have a tendency to go towards is to try to well, You know, because anxiety is going to come out going to work, so to try to control something or to hold on to something. Kind of, and I just, that class kind of, is speaking to me to, like I said earlier, to trust him, but also. That, that that control can become an idol, and it's not going to benefit from entrusting him with the things that only he can really lead and that we want him to lead and walk with him. And in the way that he's gracious with us in this, but also making sure the that I'm trying to hold on too tightly that I, I'll release them to and surrender this. Really, he's more able... So this
0: is the end of the interview with Julie Boyd. If you would like to learn more about Julie or Living Room International, the best place to go is their website, livingroominternational.org, where you can also find them on Facebook.
1: Probably the easiest way to get introduced is through the website, but then at the website, I send out monthly updates just on what's going on, you know, within the hospice or within the community, and so that's another way to stay connected. Or on Facebook, we have um, a living room, a page, too, that just kind of put photos day-to-day and just the stories of what God's doing in our midst.
0: The next few weeks, I'm hoping to highlight summer parenting. So we'll be talking to parents about ways that they spend time with their children in nature, fun summer trips, Activities that are drawing them deeper into the process of parenting and helping them to reflect on who they've become as parents and what their children are teaching them. I hope you'll stay tuned through the summer and enjoy some and enjoy some great conversations with parents around the world. Thanks for listening to Parenting Reimagined. Thank you for listening to this episode of Parenting Reimagined. If you like what you heard, visit our website, parentingreimagined.org, and sign up for our mailing list. You can also like us on Facebook. Thanks for taking the time to be part of this community of parents who's committed to learning the deeper lessons of parenting.